This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Welcome to Blurring the Lines, Peter. Uh, hey, great to be here. <laughs> yeah. All right, today I want to hit on IT billing. And IT billing is a, uh, well, it's kind of a, a slippery thing, meaning not everybody does it the same. And, you know, and I attribute that to, you know, that IT is still the wild, wild west. Uh, we are, we're not regulated like plumbers. Uh, we kind of do, you know, we're really just held accountable by peers and, you know, other business partners. And it sometimes makes it difficult for clients to, per, or potential clients to understand uh, what it is that we're offering and why that even your services and my services are different. Even though we are very similar, we still end up doing a little bit different billing. So, so wait, 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 let me make sure I understand this right. You're saying that it's not the case that everybody who, and I quote, does computers is identical? <laughs> no, nowhere near identical, you know. Huh. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Well, let, let's uh, let's dive into that because, uh, man, this might just turn my world up uh, upside down. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. So, okay. okay. So, um, <laughs> What I want to kind of aim towards is making sure we educate our listeners yep. and so that, that they can have a better understanding when they're shopping for an IT company. We yep. happened, I happen to know two real good <laughs> IT companies if they, you know, Paradigm Consulting and Sublime Computer Services if they needed us, but uh, not everybody's... And they're, both, and they're both, by definition, they're identical, right? Because they both <laughs> do computers. Um, I, there is computers in the name. There is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, not in mine. Not in not oh, paradigms. No. Oh no. no, you're consulting. Yeah, yeah. People sometimes put it put us in as paradigm computers, and that's kind of funny because that's actually another company. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, but yeah yeah yeah. So okay. um, all right. Well, let's talk about that. So what I want to talk about is the to start off the different ways that we could work with our clients. We're we're going to assume that we're just doing computer work, but there's lots of different computer work. There's firewalls, there's programming, there's websites, but we're going to mainly we're going to stick to uh, uh, computer support. When they yep. have problems, we fix that. Yep. So okay. So break fix. Break fix. What? All right. How about you give me a definition on break fix? What does that mean to you? Okay. Break fix is, I well, you know what? I got to say, right off the bat, you're starting with somewhat of a negative connotation. Yes. So I believe that break fix is something that is pushed by those who like to sell under the model known as managed services. <laughs> so... For right off the bat, as someone who does some work not necessarily under the managed services model, mm -hmm. um, I would rather reclaim that, uh, re restate that to be something more along the lines of on-demand or hourly billing. Hourly billing, yes. Okay. Okay. Right. So, um, because, and we'll we'll get into the reasons as to why you know that's that that's the case. But mm -hmm. essentially, um, you're billing for time and services rendered. So what's nice is that you are paying for 
uh, and this goes with the assumption that you know you're dealing with reputable, honest companies or honest mm-hmm. individuals. Um, you're paying someone um, by the hour, by the day, by the minute, depending on how they do it, for their time. And uh, essentially, you get a, a you know a, an amount of time for a certain rate. And a lot of people think that this is a very fair way to do things. Um, there, the good and bad aspects. Uh, the good aspect would be you're not paying for what you don't need, uh-huh. so you don't necessarily get into a contract where you have to shell out tons and tons of cash and never use the service. Um, the bad might be that if there are no caps, you don't know where the upper end could be. So if you have a large, uh, you know, what turns out to be a large project or a large issue of some sort, um, you don't know what it's going to, you know, take when, 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 when it could end, essentially. Mm-hmm. So um, that is what people call break fix or, again, what I prefer, you know, time, time-based billing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's similar to a way I would say most, uh, most attorneys bill under this model. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, it's it's if you're familiar with the way an attorney bills, this is a similar way. So this is one option. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so that's so that's hourly, or if you you know, as you say, break fix. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I'd also like to add to that that you generally pay a higher rate for uh, break fix because uh, higher than higher than what, for example. Uh, so if you're on a managed service model. Uh, that's usually based on a different uh, cost per hour than mm. break fix. Mm. It could be. I've seen some people who, <coughs> who, um, however, um, may- maybe if you look at it per hour, but uh, I forget who it was. One of the um, advisors that uh, we crossed paths with, but um, we didn't actually subscribe to their services. But he said, um, why would you ever go into managed services unless you could make twice of uh, the revenue that you make doing break fix? So maybe you're in it paying less by hour, but uh, at least some people seem to think that there is a significantly higher profit margin under the managed services model. Huh. Okay. Not not always the case, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know. Yeah. So now Adam and I are saying, really? Where? Yeah. <laughs> what am I doing wrong? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and I do want to talk about managed services because yep. that's a. Uh, it's kind of like our cloud server. What is cloud to you? Mm-hmm. What is managed services to you? Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. yeah. Let's 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 talk. Let's move on to that then. What mm-hmm. is what is managed services? Okay. Well. So, so let me, or I'll give you my definition of managed services. My, uh, the way that I define managed services for my company and that service for my clients is I am doing uh, proactive monitoring and work for them that they don't have to call me about. And I'm doing it for proactive reasons so that, you know, their servers are worked on, their desktops are worked on, uh, the health of their systems is managed and reported without them ever having to call me in, you know, it, Hey, I'm broken. Please fix it now. Mm -hmm. So we, we fix the things before the break occurs. 
So that's that's my definition and how I do managed services. Okay, and and that actually gets to a good distinction <clears throat> there. So we were talking uh, when I said um, you know against break fix. Um, that's I was talking more about the billing aspect and not necessarily the methodology. Okay. So so one way where the term break fix is appropriate is essentially you wait until things break and then you fix them. Mm-hmm. Right. Hence the name break fix. Pretty mm-hmm. simple. Yeah. Um, so an advantage of some sort of proactive service is that in theory, the system does not go down as much, if at mm-hmm. all. Yeah. Bec- because you are taking steps to keep things running, you know, more smoothly. And that makes perfect sense um, because you know, it's like saying, well, we're not going to bother changing the oil until the engine seizes up in our car. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Not really the best course of action, you know, mm-hmm. and it's it's almost as bad it, in some places. It's it really is more like, well, we're not going to bother filling up the tank until we completely run out of gas. Yeah, you know, and then it's an emergency. We need to call the tow truck or AAA. They need to come over and you know fill up the tank and you know move on with our way. Mm-hmm. And and some people say, well, hey, we're under contract. Then you know AT and T will come and give us some free gas as part of the thing. So what's the problem? Yeah. Well, the problem is the time while you're sitting there by the side of the road waiting for the tow truck to show up and actually do the service call. Yeah. You know, so 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 factor that in. So that's a similar um, a similarity to 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 break fix. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> so there you go. The clear advantage there of managed services, uh, you know, and again, as you define them, and I tend to define them under that as well, mm-hmm. um, is the proactivity. What else distinguishes managed services from break fix? Well, I, I also with like I said, within my definition of break fix, or I mean managed services, I would kind of put in uh, servers that I do for my clients. Mm-hmm. So so either cloud servers or servers in my data center or uh, backup services, things that I am doing for them that are once again proactive uh, ways of support. You know, doing backups is a it is proactive in that you're keeping them from going down and testing them and all that kind of thing and it can kind of get we actually build those services kind of a separate service than uh, just plain labor you know just the hey I got to work on your computer and then all this stuff I'm doing over here is managed to keep you going to keep your uptime up Mm -hmm. now and it was kind of funny this wasn't even intentional but this is an example of where sometimes you can blur the lines because I have seen, you know, I have experience with some companies who do sort of like a hybrid approach. Uh, we were one of them at, at some point, uh, where you may provide a service, <laughs> but what happens when uh, the the customer has a problem that falls outside of the scope of that service? Mm-hmm. So, for example, what if you provided to a customer a database? server, some sort of application, right? Mm-hmm. So say it's an accounting package or a customer relationship management system or a sales you know, quoting engine or something. Mm-hmm. And your job is to maintain the server that they would connect to and, um, you know, like basically that, that's it. So the service so that they can connect at any time and stuff. Um, 
But then they call you and they say a bunch of their customers can't connect. Mm-hmm. And uh, you look into it and you find out that it's a networking problem. Some other component, some other piece of hardware at their site that you have no control over. What do you do under that circumstance? How would you bill for that? Well, in that situation, I would I would have to bill them or mark it out of their time for, for that service. Mm-hmm. Um, if the CRM server were let's say that I installed a bad patch and right. and it wasn't <laughs> properly running yep. whatever it took to fix that server I feel like is my responsibility and my dime because I'm paying they're paying me to manage that server right and they're paying for that uptime yep. but some gear on their end uh, that I don't manage or is outside of my control mm-hmm. that's not that's not my responsibility right. uh, I, I mean, we would definitely help them. We would do whatever we could do to help them get back up, but mm-hmm. not on my dime. <laughs> right, yeah. And, and we're similar to that, too. And that's one place that we, and I know some companies uh, provide only like 100% managed services. Mm-hmm. And that includes them uh, enforcing either like all of the hardware and software that the clients must use or supplying or in some cases, even owning all of the hardware and software that they're providing to the client as a service. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And what that means is, you know, that, that enables them to take 100% total responsibility mm-hmm. for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And that's great. Um, but what it also means is generally they provide less flexibility. So if you say, well, I want to install iTunes on this corporate desktop that, you know, we're getting as part of the service, uh, they are fully within their rights, and if you ask me, within reason, to yeah. say, no, you can't install iTunes on that box. You know, it doesn't, that's not part of the business need. It wasn't in the contract we agreed upon. You don't need it to do your job. We don't need it to provide the service. End of discussion. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that you can lose a little flexibility. But in that case, you know, if anything goes wrong with, you know, the whole system that they're providing from one end to the other, it's there, you know, on their their head to to get it fixed so there's a little bit of you know pros and cons to both of those yeah and i just i just hate to be that inflexible Mm um when i really you know i don't know it seems like we're we would get put as the bad guy of this is all of your gear but you may not use it in the way that you really think is right even though it's kind of foolish right (laughs) The, the way I look at it is it's kind of like insurance, mm-hmm. sort of like the way insurance policies are written. You know, we will cover you under this, under this. Um, if we identify that you're engaging in these risky behaviors, we will charge you more to mm-hmm. cover those. And, um, oh, and if you say that you're, you know, you're going to be doing these activities, totally not covered. Mm-hmm. Right. So, for example, if you buy a life insurance policy and you're a, you know, 30 year old white male, um, you know, living in Nebraska, boom, here's your rate. Oh, you smoke cigarettes. Ah, okay. Well, your rate just went up. Mm -hmm. Oh, you just committed suicide. Well, we're sorry. That's excluded. Yeah. Right. So there's some examples. And um, the only difference there is like where insurance policies <clears throat> and insurance agency, uh, insurance carriers have this really, you know, down to a science where they can just predict the future, so to speak. And um, 
you know, charge you different rates based on things and they make it up on the, you know, the back end. A smaller firm, you know, like us, we may charge you uh, reactively for that risky behavior or its consequences. Mm-hmm. So, you know, does that, does, do you do something similar? Do you see it that way as well? Well, I, I've never done it that way. I mm-hmm. mean, but what I have done is, um, if I have a client, so I, I mean, I've, I've had to fire clients because I would, I would advise them they were doing something in a very bad way, you know? So we would have a user terminal served into the domain controller. So they're, they're working on the most important server in the enterprise. Mm-hmm. And I tell them, no, 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 you, you, you can't do that. You know, let me put another way. And they're like, well, no, we're going to do it that way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, here's the thing. If you, you know, if that's what you want to choose to do, that means you don't really listen to me. I mean, you don't really take my advice. And, and mm-hmm. why are you paying me if you're not going to take my advice? Mm-hmm. And if they continue down that path where I'm getting myself into a situation where it's like, I'm, I can't help you because you don't listen to my advice, yep. I just kind of fire them. You know, yep. I'll say, you know, you're you're not getting your money's worth out of me because you obviously don't consider my advice to be worth following. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's in that case, it's, it's clearly not a good fit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, why would you engage the services of a, a lawyer or an accountant or a doctor or whatnot if you're not going to follow their advice? Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I know a lot of people who go to the doctor for their once per year checkup, which I still think is a ludicrous practice, you know, like only once per year you're, you're seeing how you're doing. <laughs> and, um, you know, the doctor says, hey, you got to eat smarter. You got to stop smoking. You got to drink less or, or whatnot. And people just kind of like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. And then they go home and don't do anything of that, mm-hmm. you know. And um, so it's, it's kind of the same thing. I mean, I, if I was a doctor, I'd get kind of fed up after a while and say, look, you're not, <laughs> if you're just going to let yourself die because you're not taking care of yourself, then go see somebody else. You know, I'd be more interested in, you know, being a little, helping people actually take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so. Okay. Well, let's, let's talk let's about uh, block hour billing or budget billing, you yep. know, so how it's different than yep. break fix. Well, it can be similar. Um, block hour, again, is billing by time. Mm-hmm. And what it is is um, you, know, you and uh, your IT provider come up with an estimate. We think you're going to need this much time. And you purchase a block of, say, 10 or 40 or 100 hours per period. So like per week, per month, or mm-hmm. whatnot. Uh, <clears throat> you pay a fixed rate for it. And you work against that. Um, the, the IT person, the IT provider works against that block of time that they've been given. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's pretty much it. Uh, other uh, you know, professions may refer to this as a retainer. Mm-hmm. And um, that's generally the way we prefer to work under for certain projects. Well, I would say not projects, um, but, but for certain arrangements where there's no clearly defined start or finish, no clear, you know, defined goal. Um, so if you say like, well, you know, we need help from time to time when problems come up. Mm-hmm. Or um, we, uh, I was just in, involved, engaged with a, a company this morning, and they're looking at bringing us on to help them just start planning their IT from the ground up. Mm-hmm. 
and they don't even know what they have. They don't know what they need. We don't know what they have or what they need. You know, this is a company that's experiencing massive growth. Uh-huh. And, and so what we said is you should probably engage us in a retainer basis. Mm-hmm. And what we will do is work with you to determine what these projects are that we need to engage upon, you know, with you and uh, assign priorities and figure out how we want to move. Mm-hmm which that will get us into another <laughs> method uh, coming right up, which I've just alluded <laughs> to. Um, <clears throat> so block hour, again, um, you know, some people think that's a, a perfectly fine way to do business. You're paying for time. Um, I know lately a lot of entrepreneurs and stuff, um, they, they don't work on, they don't like that idea. They think billing for time is not a way that you're ever going to get rich, for instance. Uh, and that you have much better, um, you know, canning and cloning yourself and uh, selling your information, for instance. Mm-hmm. So, um, but for a service provider, you know, a lot of people think to seem to think that it's a perfectly valid way to do things. Mm-hmm. Well, and we we usually fall more under the block hour billing, mm-hmm. um, and and it seems to work out okay for us, and it seems to work out okay for our clients because mm-hmm. uh, they've. You know, kind of the psychology of it is that, that people don't like paying for, you know, a bunch of money for nothing what or yep. what they perceive as nothing. Right. Um, and then at the same time, your IT provider doesn't want to work hours and hours on end uh, for, for, for no more money. You know, that's, right. a, that's a hard place to be in where neither one of you are profitable or happy with the other party yep. where for me, the block hour billing kind of meets that so that we protect ourselves from working way too many hours for profitability. And then they're also getting a value for the time that we work for them. But yep. as you said, we are trading time for money. And there's a finite volume of that. Yep, exactly. So, you know, in order to scale it, you generally need to add more staff. Yeah. So, so, um, and that, you know, so then the next uh, type, uh, well, you mentioned another type, uh, something else that, um, another billing type that goes in with um, unlimited or often is lumped in with managed services. Mm -hmm. So what do you go, go, how do you define that? So the unlimited support, you mean? Exactly. Yeah. So that one is a, uh, this, well, this is really coming into our industry, uh, the all-you-can-eat buffet of unlimited support, and, mm-hmm. and it can work out well uh, for either party, and it can work out very badly for either party, <laughs> <laughs> depending on uh, uh, the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, the hard part is you got to define a number for every computer and then you've got to say okay well your budget is well 30,000 this year and we're going to do everything that you need done mm-hmm. and that's a you know that's a seems, tough spot <laughs> seems like a bit of a gamble it seems like a gamble it's a it's a gamble on both parts because both parties yeah because if uh if you if you paid somebody $40,000 to do their IT support and uh you they only had to do two things all year you're gonna feel really ripped off, <laughs> right? Yeah. But and likewise, if you know, if someone may say, "Well, if you had, um, um, well, if you have someone under a contract and they're just working constantly, you know, for a large firm and never making, you know, not having enough time to complete projects and things aren't getting done, 
then that may not be enough, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, you see that in like a salaried arrangement where you hire somebody as an employee and that person, okay, you do all the IT. And I hear this time and time again. I deal, you know, with people who are overworked system administrators. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, but management's opinion is, no, we have somebody on site. We're already paying them staff, you know, salary. That's great. We're done. Mm-hmm. And the administrator, often more so than the the boss, is thinking, yeah, but there's all this stuff that's not getting done that needs to be done, yeah, and you know isn't getting done and <clears throat> whatever. But as long as the you know when the CEO has a problem printing, someone shows up at his office so he, you know, to fix that problem so he can print, everything's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One thing that we didn't cover is uh, contract lengths mm-hmm. on either of these. Do you? Uh, what would you say a typical contract length is? Um, I have seen, as far as managed services agreements go, I usually see one-year, two-year, or three-year mm-hmm. agreements being put in place. Mm-hmm. Um, I know when we do retainer-based projects now, I put them with, um, you know, they're basically month-to-month renewable and uh, cancel anytime. Mm-hmm. So that's generally the way we do those. But I've seen other engagements that go long. I mean, everything can be customized, you know. So um, I see all sorts of different things there. Mm-hmm. Well, and we typically do, we, we, we primarily do the 12-month. Uh, yeah. But it's not unusual for a three-year contract. Uh, mm-hmm. I, for me personally, I just don't like the three-year contract because there's a big difference in a biz, business between three years in three years two years i could see you know and eh, not an awful lot's changed i mean if i look at the history of my clients there's not a big difference between two given years but right. but if they're expanding they're growing and that's that's who we're engaged with or companies who are growing you don't want to be stuck in the same uh, <laughs> contract you know they started off with 20 people now they've got 55 yeah <laughs> <laughs> right. And yeah, you know, that can happen. I mean, a little especially, you know, if if some company is going through a rapid growth phase, it may look completely different 2 years from now. Mhm. You know, certainly possible that things change. So, mm-hmm. long-term contracts, I mean, if it's something that is absolutely predictable and you know that it's not going to be changing, there's nothing wrong with engaging in something like that. Mhm. But um, I remember years ago when I used to hear about um, telephone contracts, like the old Centrex systems from uh, AT&T. Mm-hmm. Those were seven-year contracts. Oh, wow. I, there's no way I could ever get myself <laughs> to sign something that long. You know? It's like, oh, my God, I don't want to be in bed with you for seven years. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. So... You know, I'm, uh, you're talking about someone too, though, who gets like <clears throat> totally freaked out when I have to like sign a mortgage. <laughs> so, <laughs> Commitment like, issues. <laughs> how long am I gonna be doing this again? Oh my god! So yeah, definitely a little bit of commitment phobia there. So, well, well, let's uh, let's hit dollars because everybody wants okay. to hit dollars. Well, and of one course, more thing. One okay, more okay, thing okay, too, okay. Though. okay. Projects. 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 Okay. Projects. So, <clears throat> projects are simple. Um, what what differentiates projects from a block hour or a break fix type of thing or even a managed services thing. Projects, essentially the the defining characteristic is they have a definitive start and end. Mm -hmm. So you know when the project uh, begins, you know what resources need to be applied to it, and you know how to tell when it's finished. Mm -hmm. So a good example where people are used to... um, 
projects, I would say, in the IT space is, uh, say, website design. Mm-hmm. And that might be, it's similar to unlimited in some cases. You know, some designers I know will be like, they'll bend over backwards and they will make any amount of changes and accommodate any requests that the, the, the customer asks of them uh, until the website is done. Yeah. Right. And then others, there are more defined sets of deliverables. Um, we, for instance, don't work that way. We will, you know, if we engage a customer for, you know, whatever price we agree to, you know, redesign or secure a website or whatnot, it's a very specific set of deliverables and we do not allow them to constantly change their mind forever Mm -hmm. as we go along. Right. Because early in my days in my career, we did do that. Mm hmm. And I lost my shirt on just about every single website job we did. And uh, so I had to get better at defining, uh, you know, defining the scope of these web projects so that I was actually making a profit as opposed to barely breaking even every time we, you know, had these jobs. Mm -hmm. So so project-based billing is nice because it, you know, you're paying this price and as a result, you're getting this deliverable. Mm Mm-hmm. And one reason I like that is you essentially determine the value of the project to the customer and the customer pays what, you know, they feel is value for the project. Mm -hmm. There you go. Done. So I like that. Um, I like the approach for that. And again, I also like the, you know, definitive uh, end to a project. You can say, okay, you know, we have done everything we set to do. Game over. We're done. You know, so. Well, I'll tell you one thing that I do for projects that my clients seem to appreciate is is I estimate how much a project is, and for the most part, I you know I'm usually it's very rare that I need to add hours, uh, and I wouldn't add hours without you know consulting the client or informing them or whatever. But so like I've got a new server I'm getting ready to install, so it's a project of thirty hours. So what I do is I tell my client, I say, okay, it's going to take 30 hours. You've got a choice here. Here, we can we can roll this into the block hour billing contract. We'll just add 30 hours in and then run that over the 12 months. You just add it part of your bill or you can pay for it up all out of pocket. You know, there's no, I don't make there be a price benefit for them or penalty either way. You know, mm-hmm. I just give them the flexibility to spread that out over 12 months. And I know eh, that may be a little foolish on my part from a business standpoint. I could have the money now or have the money later, but it also makes it where I can get projects done that they may wait on rather than the need. So if I see a server is going to die, you know, and they're like, well, we don't have the money till, you know, July and it's right. January. I'm like, oh, guys, we can't wait. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> so we we have a little bit of flexibility there, mm-hmm. and and my clients appreciate that because they, the biggest thing that they want is they want to have an IT budget, they want to know what they're going to spend every month, and they don't want me nickel and diming them so mm-hmm. that it changes. I'm like, nope, it's going to be the same unless you're you know, unless you change something, we're going to have the same bill every month, and that seems mm-hmm. to make make them happy. Yeah. And again, that's easy to do when you provide a specific fixed, you know, scope of services. Mm -hmm. If your job is to provide email to a client, you know, that can generally be done for a fixed price. Mm -hmm. 
it's harder when the when the project or when the you know the scope of work is anything that comes up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And again, maybe it's not that hard, but maybe it's hard to do within a specified time frame. Mm-hmm. Right? You can get to you know you can cover anything that comes up, but you may not be able to get to it today. Yeah. Right. So yeah, something yeah. to think about. So, so when it comes to dollars per hour and figuring out money, of course, you're in Boston. You're in Connecticut, right? No, Boston. No, well, Vermont. Yeah, Vermont, BT, Vermont. Vermont, yeah. New Hampshire, Boston. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm primarily Boston-based. I don't know why I was drawing a blank, but I mean, BT, I knew you're CT. primarily in Boston. So there's <laughs> there's a significant price difference between the Boston area and the Nashville, Tennessee area. I mean, mm-hmm. that's... Uh, it just is. I mean, the one of the guys in the producers club, Conrad, he is, uh, you know, he's doing managed complete managed services and offering Office three sixty five and everything else, and you know, and it, and his rates are like two hundred and twenty dollars an hour for s- certain packages that he's got. So pricing mm-hmm. can be across the board. Geography can be affected. Mm-hmm. So you know, generally speaking, in Nashville, you know, our bill rate is anywhere on the very low end uh $100 an hour and mm-hmm. on the very high end 175 so yep. it could be anywhere in between there yep. uh depending on what what services you know yep. i'm i'm bidding up against a uh a, another IT vendor right now and you know the the uh the pr- prospective client said well you know, I sh- I showed you their bid. I mean, you're you're higher than they are. You know, I kind of thought you'd come in lower. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. We do better work. Yeah, <laughs> we do well, more stuff. And that's the thing, though, is you you can't just judge. You know, certain things are you know it's very easy to do an apples to apples comparison, and you can just compare by price. Mm-hmm. Here's an example. Um, as as you know, and not everybody knows because we haven't gotten to this yet, but I'm on the slow carb diet. Mm-hmm. One one day per week is my cheat day, and I am allowed to eat anything and everything I want. Mm-hmm. Often these, this is uh, Oreos. <laughs> if I go to, I don't even know if Whole Foods carries them, <laughs> but if I <laughs> but if I go to Whole Foods and say say they do have Oreos there, uh-huh. I'm almost certainly going to pay more for them than I would at, say, Shaw's or Stop and Shop. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or I could just order them on Amazon, you know, from Amazon and have them delivered right to my door, and there you go. I uh-huh. buy Oreos. But assuming we're talking about plain, you know, not double stuff, not mega stuff, not thins, not vanilla cream, not pumpkin, not mints, you know, just plain Oreos, Oreos, same size bag, same amount of cookies inside, same type of cookies. <laughs> it really doesn't matter where you buy them. Right. Right. I mean, unless, of course, you have this really shady vendor that's selling, you know, stuff that's way past its due date. <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> I got Oreos in the back of my van, man. Exactly. <laughs> and this case of Oreos fell off a truck. <laughs> so um, that not, not, not counting that phenomenon, um, it doesn't matter where you buy Oreos. Mm-hmm. Now, different option. Uh, something to think about. I had shoulder surgery last year. I did not just want to approach anybody who was an MD and say, fix my torn rotator cuff. Mm -hmm. I wanted somebody who had experience specializing in rotator cuff and shoulder repair. Mm -hmm. 
So I tracked down the guy who is the best in the Northeast and had him do the operation. Mm-hmm. All right. I could have gone to any Joe, you know, anybody with an MD who's licensed to slice me open, but um, but no, I did not do that. <laughs> you know, I didn't just pick any run-of-the-mill surgeon um, because there's a difference. Mm-hmm. So likewise, um, if you pick an auto mechanic, you know, auto mechanics may have basically you know the same, or they may have very different rates, um, but the quality of the work that they do and the amount of time it takes them to do if they're billing by time, you know, if you're talking hourly rates, it's a huge factor. Yeah. Um, we had a competitor um, back when we were based in Vermont. They were a smaller shop. They have since gone out of business um, whose billable, hourly billable rate was about half of what ours was. <laughs> but we have testimonials from clients, you know, former clients of theirs who repeatedly told us they took like four hours to do what you just did in less than an hour. Uh-huh. All right. Well, do the math. If they're charging half the price but taking four times as long, <laughs> not, not only are you paying twice as much to get, you know, supposedly, the, you know, arguably the same result or at least you know, get a result, you're having to wait twice as long to get that result. Mm-hmm. You know, so now in the case of uh, something that's not urgent, you don't care about. That's great. But if your you know system is down, and say my staff, because you know we have over fifty years combined experience in the field, can come in and fix you up in a day, or you could hire Geek Squad and come in and they'll mess your system up for <laughs> you know like an extra week. <laughs> Um, which are you going to pick? Well, <laughs> Geek Squad, because they're cheaper, right? Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. And, you know, yeah, Geek Squad is so big that I feel fully comfortable just bashing them. <laughs> <laughs> they have, they've, they've got kind of a bad track record in the public, too, so I feel yeah. like it's kind of justified. It's almost a public service announcement when I do that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, yeah, so there's all things to consider. You know, it, you can't just look at just the hourly rate. Mm-hmm. Right now, if you're buying um, and and the other thing too is there are certain commodity items out there like email. Um, you know, buying email used to be a standard service. Now the world is moving to either Gmail from Google mm-hmm. or to uh, hosted Microsoft Exchange, often as Office 365 purchased mm-hmm. directly through Microsoft's managed services division. Um, but you can buy Office 365. You could buy it. You could purchase it from me. Mm-hmm. You could purchase it from GoDaddy if you want. You could purchase it directly from Microsoft. You could purchase it many different ways. Um, and you know, essentially, it's the same thing. You're getting Office 365. You know, yep. Office 365 is Office 365. Um, if you buy it, it's not running on my Office 365 server. Right. right? If I buy it from you, it's not running on your server. It's still the same Microsoft server. So you're just, you know, like brokering the deal. But here's something else. And again, talking, I'm picking on the big guys. GoDaddy has a horrible reputation for customer service, <laughs> right? So, you know, they do a terrible job. So you may be saving a few bucks a month on your account, but when things go wrong, my God, you're going to get so many gray hairs trying to get the <laughs> issue fixed. 
that you know it's just it's a no-brainer for me i just i stopped dealing with them years ago mm-hmm. um because i was just so frustrated and we were even GoDaddy resellers at at, at some point huh. so um you know it's it's there's more than just the dollar amount there really is you know having a relationship and a reputation uh upon which you can place your trust matters mm-hmm. because these things are you know they 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 may not be tangible but they yield tangible differences in the long run yeah and sometimes not even that long of a run yeah (laughs) yeah well and you you know the old saying you get what you pay for yep yeah (laughs) sometimes you don't but it's more often you know you buy a five dollar pair of sunglasses or you buy a hundred and fifty dollar ray-bans yep (laughs) yeah well you know that's an example though and you know but some people also capitalize on that there was uh, back in the early days in the early 90s uh, you know, when the web was in its infancy, um, there was a competitor of ours, and they picked their hourly billing rate um, back then. And again, this was over 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they were called Level Nine, uh, Level Nine Communications, I think. Mm-hmm. And they picked their hourly billing rate back then was an astonishing $144 per hour. Oh wow! Back then, that was amazingly high you know you know yeah. how they picked it out well i talked to one of the founders one day and he says well one plus four plus four <laughs> equals nine <laughs> and i said yeah but 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 jack so does nine plus zero plus zero like it's nine hundred dollars an hour by that logic <laughs> so anyway i thought that was kind of kind of funny but uh yeah so there you go you know uh just paying more and and boy if you'd looked at some of the work especially back in the early days it was horrific mm-hmm. it looked like a kinder kindergartner had gotten their hands on some crayons and was throwing stuff together and they're like yeah they're selling it off that you know like i don't remember i don't even remember what our rates were when we started but they were well more than well over twice what we were charging yeah so it was amazing but they had you know they a lot of people said well they're they're the big fish you know (laughs) they weren't because there was no fish they were were not experts in website design because there was no such thing as website design the year before it was brand (laughs) new but people just paid it just because they were more expensive Mm -hmm. so well you know so yeah, so you want to look at things like you know the expertise of this, the team. Um, you want to be aware of things like bait and switch. Um, you know, you may have a, a company that was founded by something by somebody with a lot of impressive credentials, but they farm all the work out to interns. You know that sort of thing happens all the time, and not just in the IT field. Mm-hmm. That's very common in things like uh, accounting and legal stuff. You know, legal legals they don't farm it out to intern; they farm it out to paralegals. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, same thing, you know, can can happen, and it's it's not necessarily a bad thing, but just you know, try to know what it is that you're getting. Mm-hmm. So be aware of these things. Well, you know, IT help desk being outsourced has been a uh, uh, that's a, a very popular thing. <laughs> that's a huge trend. You mm-hmm. know, and and again, that may not be that bad of a uh, a deal. That that happens a lot under those unlimited models that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Right? Where you're paying, um, you know, generally lower skilled entry level staff, um, but for non mission critical things like, uh, you know, non essential employee can't print today. Okay, well, whatever. You know, if it takes a little longer for them to figure out what happened, that's fine. 
Um, but you know, I don't want those people doing, uh, you know, incident response for a, a large, you know, fortune 10 company that had a data breach. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that's not appropriate. So, yeah. Right. Did we cover everything? Do we have any more on this topic? I think I I think we covered it all. You'll you'll think this is funny though, or I think it's funny today. My uh, when I started Enet Admin in 2000, I thought I could make a living billing at twenty five dollars an hour. <laughs> can you can in, you can? In the fall. <laughs> yeah, but that was a long time ago. But that was way underpriced even back then. Mm-hmm. So, but we live and learn. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember. I think it was funny. I was uh, I was just getting started doing some work on the side, and um, I was a um, I was a full time you know full t- I had a full time job doing IT work, and I was doing some work on the side. And uh, a woman who was a uh, you know like oh I'm a I'm a computer consultant you know too, and she was you know significantly older than me. I was very young. I was like 22. Mm-hmm. And um, you know she says uh, she says well whatever you do you know don't bill less than 25 dollars an hour. And again this is <laughs> you know back in the 90s uh-huh. early. And, and I said uh, and I was like okay thanks. And as she walked away. You know my my mom or a friend was with me, and and I said. Yeah, I'm already billing at thirty dollars an hour. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I felt I felt great about that. You yeah. know? I was just like, all right, I'm I'm billing more than this person is. So, all right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, cool. Well, I think that wraps up this topic for now. Um, okay. If we get any questions on this, I mean, I wouldn't mind uh, coming back to it because it is kind of a different topic. I mean, everybody's it's 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 very fluid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, billing, and you know, it's somewhat subjective. What it what it all comes down to is, are you getting value for your investment? You know, are you're you're paying something? Are you getting value? Mm-hmm. Don't don't just look and say, you know, like, oh, that dude over there charges less, therefore I'm paying too much. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite clients says that, yeah, every year we look at a new vendor. And we we evaluate vendors because they're constantly beating on our door, and we always choose to stay with the same relationship. Mm-hmm. And I say that's great. That's one one of the reasons that you folks are my favorite client. <laughs> you know, just one. I mean, you know, but they've been with me for oh my goodness, it's been twenty years. <laughs> wow, didn't even notice. You know? <laughs> So well, I think that's awesome, you know, and you, you, you darn right. I'm going to bend over backwards to do whatever I can to make these people happy and keep their networks safe and secure. Mm-hmm. You know, new Joe Schmo down the street probably doesn't have the same kind of investment in, you know, in the relationship that I do. Mm-hmm. So there yeah. you go. Yeah. And you know it. And I know it. And, uh, you know, fortunately, my, my client knows it. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. All right. I think we should stop ourselves because you and I could probably ramble about this all day. But <laughs> yeah. Like you said, if somebody, uh, if you want to talk a little bit more or if you have questions, you know, if you're evaluating an IT vendor or a couple of them and you have questions, reach out to me. I'd be happy to see what, you know, they're doing. No, I'm not trying to get your business. I don't care where you are. You know, if you're way outside of our geographic scope, no problem. Reach out. I'd be happy to, uh, you know, compare, see what options you're looking at and shoot the breeze and see if I can help. Yeah, that'd be cool. 
I didn't want to speak for you. I, I, I assume you would too, but I, I didn't you know, want to offer your services. I'm, I'm willing to volume or volunteer all your time, Adam. That's right. I, I, Adam is now a professional IT services pricing consultant, and he'll do it for you for free. For free. Now that's value. Well, they say the advice is worth what you pay for it. Yep. There you go. And it's and it's worth worth the paper it's written on. Uh huh. To contact either us or our guests, visit BlurringTheLinesPodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast. And leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.